for the an email with the right link to come in on the phone because we, we are live we are live we are live we are live hi um hi charlotte thanks um and yep uh today our guest by the way that was judith benham um who's had a few connection issues and richard butler i'll introduce them a little bit more fully let me first introduce the um the podcast this is the ninth episode um i think a tenth episode actually of pyragogy in action podcast pyragogy in action number 10 challenging conversations um and it's connected with the pyragogy project in which we're building a no longer missing guide because we're building it to all things relevant to successful peer learning and peer production um, in the podcast uh we create an interactive space where participants and audience can explore philosophies concepts contributors and practical applications of pyragogy. Um, if you're watching this live, you know it's live streamed on YouTube, uh, LinkedIn, and Facebook, and you can subscribe with all of your podcast apps for the audio part. Um, so yeah, today's session is uh, with uh, Judith Benham and Richard Butler. Uh, I hope they're both um, on. I see, I see them they're both there, that's fantastic. So I know Judith through um, Open Global Mind, which is an online community. Um, she has other affiliations, uh, which I'll let her introduce a little bit about what she does and how that's relevant to this area. Uh, Richard works with the city of Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, sorry, and Robert Morris University. And I will let him also introduce how he happens to be here on this conversation about difficult conversations. Um, so there's their uh, Profiles. Um, why don't we go in the order just named, if that's okay, to Judith and then Richard to say a little bit about how you happen to be on this podcast. Um, and Richard, I know you, you know Charlotte, so that's part of the story there too. So, um, but let's uh, let's have uh, Judith's story about this podcast in the first place. Well, I'm, I met Charlotte through the Open Global Minds community, um, which is a virtual community of folks all over the world trying to make the world a better place and doing it collectively and using technology. Um, I've had a lot of background in professional and nonprofit associations and in a variety of leadership roles. Um, the American Chemical Society, which is a professional organization of about 150,000 worldwide and leadership team and support of directors and so forth. Um, I just love working with people and in the course of a 30 year career in a corporate enterprise as well. I've had a variety of these different locations to learn about communication and what works with people or some of the things at least that work. So that's my interest area. That sounds really cool. We'll get more into, we'll get more into what works and maybe also a little bit of what doesn't work or what could work better. Um, so Richard, uh, tell us a bit about yourself, how you happen to be here and yeah, how do you, how do you think about difficult conversations? Um, Great. <laughs> Great. Thanks for having me here for starters. And I always love a good conversation. Um, I met mm. Charlotte through my work uh, with U.S. Rowing um, as the co-chair for the Diversity, Equity and Inclusion Committee. And I'm also, um, for the last 18 years, have been a diversity, equity and inclusion consultant. And through that work, guess what? I have difficult conversations every single day. Anytime that we're talking about race in America, there's gonna be a very challenging conversation. And, and I, I found a way to be able to be heard and, and learned how to listen. So I think this is gonna be a fascinating topic today. That is super exciting. And I think, yeah, both of you have been involved in uh, diversity 
efforts. I know that's an interest of, of Judith in her in some of her current work. Um, and it seems like that's that's something that's very much in the consciousness of you know America and the world right now. I just actually at work. Um, I'm, I live in uh, England, but we were watching a uh, unconscious bias uh, training video, which everyone has to watch. Everyone, everyone has to watch this video at the university. So I'm not saying unconscious bias is going to solve all of our problems. Leave that. That's probably another interesting conversation. Um, but uh, so, um, but I think yeah, bringing this stuff into the themes that we deal with every day is really going to be very useful. So I think we say. And for example, just last week or last month, I was having this interesting and very challenging conversation, um, which brings us to the first topic that we have on, on slides. So Charlotte, um, whose name has come up a lot, Charlotte Pierce is our uh, producer, has these great slides and they give us a little bit of a timetable of things to discuss. Um, but don't don't feel bad if we stray a bit away from it. So um, the first question we were gonna talk about is when should we bring up a challenging topic in a collaborative group? So, you know, like right now, uh, we had to deal a little bit with Judith's connection. I think it's good, I think it's stable, but are there other things like when should we bring it up? Do you have to get to know people first before you bring up something challenging? Um, let's go. Uh, let's go in the opposite order. Let's go, uh, Richard Judith, this time, and then, then you know, does this uh, question prompt a uh, prompt a thought about when? Yeah. Thanks for that challenging question mm. <laughs> about a challenging about challenging collaborative uh, conversations. Um, I I think it begins on a personal level of what is your relationship in that conversation. And so um, if I if I am bought in as a facilitator in a conversation and I know my audience, then I'm going to call the people in. I never call them out. I always call them in immediately uh, at that point. If it's something that could create uh, that could, could cause a person or a group to ball up their fist and want to fight, and then I like to call them in a little later. So not mm -hmm. to embarrass them, not to have them be defensive, but to but to weave it in. I'll call them in still uh, in the discussion, but I might weave it in a different way versus just calling them uh, out. That 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 makes that makes sense. Um, I will I will uh, not respond back and forth every time. I'll just say pass the baton to Judith, and for efficiency, I can respond maybe to both of you together. And of course, you can respond to each other. So, um, but let's get Judith's views on this this when question. Well, I, I really like the answer that Richard gave because it's it's a when and a how. And mm. I think the when is maybe, first of all, are you feeling really uncomfortable with the conversation? And is it important enough to you that you want to try to do something to alter the course of the conversation? I think in group dynamics, um, there should be guidelines ahead of time so that you have a sense of the community's commitment to creative and good discourse without unreasonable interruptions and continuances. I think that the easiest way to draw people in is to actually literally draw them in and say, time out, I need a little more background or can you tell me more about this position or something like that. Um, it's a, a different dynamic and I think I loved the comment of calling them in instead of out because confrontation is not usually helpful. So this is where I wanted to share one personal update from this morning, which is I, I had a headache this morning and I thought, uh oh, I'm going to go to this conversation about difficult conversations. and I'm going to have a headache. So, so don't worry, my headache has massively reduced. But I, I feel like my insight from that was that you have to be in a pretty good place to have a good conversation. If you're coming, as, as you said uh, earlier, Richard, if someone's coming ready to fight, well, it'd be really bad if you were as the facilitator coming 
I think, to fight. Because I, I don't think you're going to facilitate anything but a multi-sided argument with a bunch of people. On the other hand, maybe not. So, so how do you personally prepare uh, yourself to be that to be that person who shows up and, and facilitates the conversation? Because I know we were chatting before um, in some of our warm-up conversations about the role of the facilitator. How do you prepare for that role? Yeah, that's a great question, Joe. And I like your response, Judith. Uh, we both said the same thing in a different way, and that's great. <laughs> that's what diversity <laughs> is. <laughs> um, yeah, so um, being prepared for me, just knowing the content, and sometimes knowing the too much content will actually have us not say too much. So knowing mm. just the right amount of content to be able to uh, maybe not be the expert at that moment, but dang on close to being the expert mm. at that moment, and and being and being that almost expert creates trust within the conversation that people are willing to actually listen to what I have to say. Uh, I had a recent, I was on a, I recently facilitated a 550 person diversity workshop and a person came off mute because she was sick and tired of hearing about the black lived experience. Mm. And she said, why doesn't all lives matter? Why, mm. why doesn't, why can't I say Asian lives matter? And, mm. and so I, I gave her the space with these 540 other people who started blowing up the chat. Wow. And, and after she had her say, I, I said, and so I'm going to agree with you that all lives matter, but can we agree that not all lives are equal? Mm. And that just, that made her trust me. She was okay with that. She agreed with that. And we mm. were able to continue this two hour conversation. Mm. So that, that sounds like it's an example of your ability to kind of hold the moment. She was ready to call call other people out. She was ready to have a fight probably with 500 right. people simultaneously. And you create a space where you could actually call her in and you dissolve that tension. But it sounds like it was it was largely because you listened to her and you thought about it. That, you We have to, even if we disagree, I believe that we, in, and especially in conversations, we're going to disagree. But you need to allow the person to have a brave, safe space to disagree. Yeah, that's to be interesting. Heard, to be heard. That's interesting. I, 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 know, um, I know that uh, I've had some experiences in some of the same online communities as Judith where they try to create that. It occurs to me that it's difficult to create that space online. Of course, it doesn't necessarily easier to create that space offline. I'm not quite sure. I wonder, um, Judith, because I know you uh, as an online uh, as an online person, or let's say, uh-oh, Judith is, is off the frame. Uh-oh. Okay, well, Judith is off the frame, so uh, I will go to you, uh, Richard, with the same question, I guess, uh, which is, do you think it's easier to do this online or offline? Because, um, you know, again, with the uh, with this issue of of unconscious, the unconscious mind and stuff. I'm I, again, I have a little bit of suspicion about the unconscious bias things I just watched in the afternoon because it's like uh, I did a lot of therapy and I think like the world of the unconscious is not something we can just turn on and off. Like you have this unconscious mind, whether or not you know whether or not you're aware of it. That's what makes it unconscious, right? So um, I'm wondering if the world of the online world creates a different dynamic, I guess. It would be hard to have a session with 540 people, harder maybe to have a session with 540 harder. people in person, but you could do it in person, so. Yeah, I I, I am so glad that we found this online world mm. of, of being able to have these type of meetings because uh, 
I can control the space better. Mm -hmm. And there's not a lot of body language to distract me for me to be reading, you know, this it's, it's the, it's the body language, the silence. Uh, but when you're on these type of calls and you got these little squares, um, it's less distracting for me as a facilitator. And so I'm, I'm now fond of this, and, but I'll be testing this out because I'll be flying to Vegas in July to do my first face to face since wow. 2020. Um, wow. and so I'll get back to you and let you know. <laughs> that, that definitely sounds like exciting. And you'll bring all the insights and kind of the whole, you know, the, I think our mindset has certainly changed with the pandemic and working from home and all that stuff. So it'd be really interesting uh, to, to hear your story of, of this one. And it'd be interesting to, to think about a little bit of your anticipation of how it might go. But let's go on to the next uh, slide. So Judith, I was going to ask you um, about online, but I'm going to ask you something else, which I think this could happen online or offline. This is topic two we were going to discuss. How do we deal with entrenched patterns of behavior and controversial topics? within the group um and that could be a group that's online a group that's offline a group that's mixed do you have any ideas um, on that on that theme well in general the first thing i would say from a process standpoint is seek first to understand in mm -hmm. order to then engage properly in a conversation i think that the, the three boxes that are up have have more to do with um are there rules of the organization? Is there a code of ethics or a behavioral model um, which would cause you to intervene with a different intensity and sensitivity and early timing? Um, you know, the shades of gray is usually where the, most of the conflicts occur. It's not usually that somebody's proposing something that's definitely unethical. But I think that it, it's helpful if you can do it in a way that gives the person an opportunity to enter the exchange gracefully. So it, it frequently means, I'm not sure I see your point of view or understand it. Can you tell me more about it? It's an exploration approach, which tends to de-escalate rather than jumping in with, I, I totally disagree and you should be thinking this instead. So th this again, I'm going to, I'm going to take the moment to hand it uh, as directly as I can to Richard for his, uh, his points of view there. So. Sure. So I, I like that you started with a paraphrase of Franklin Covey's uh, seek first to understand versus to be understood. Uh, that, that's just a, a great way to be in a, uh, to have collaboration. Uh, the, the, the other uh, part I think with this entrenchment is that we, people will become entrenched cognitively entrenched in decision making when they actually have pressure and so relieving the pressure and showing cognitive flexibility to be able to look at the same problem but for the first time don't look at the same problem with the same solution because that makes people frustrated look at the problem with a a new with a new set of eyes or with a new solution and so being flexible to be able to break that or dismantle that entrenchment uh, is key. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like that, 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 so here's an interesting question is like, um, how to put it, even noticing that there is a pattern. I think this is something we talked a lot about in the Piragaji project is, is the notion of patterns and what is a pattern. We've written some of them down. So some of them are, for example, uh, a newcomer, you know, so like on this call, Richard and you and I have met each other most recently, cause I know Judith from, from a, a while, but, um, you and Charlotte may go 
way, way back. Uh, I, and me and Charlotte go way back. So we're like, we're meeting each other on a, on a different, you know, we're new to each other in different ways. But the point is like, already in this call, you could get the perspective of someone new versus someone who's been there. I mean, and Judith and I don't know each other that well. We've, we've spoken, you know, uh, less than a half dozen times, I think, prior to trying to set up this podcast. So in this sense, we're all kind of new to each other. But you, I was a new hire at this university. So again, with this issue of the codes, they may be there. I don't know what they are. Um, but I think I'm, I'm trying to figure out about how how these how you can kind of take the different perspectives that exist once we're here together and just identify them. Oh yeah, we've got different perspectives. Good. Um, someone's new. Someone's uh, you know. And then we see. Oh, actually, as you said, relieve the pressure. Oh, actually, I've noticed there's a sense of pressure. Oh, I didn't know that. There's a sense of pressure here. Yeah. So now we can see the things. You, know, you kind of have to surface the data almost first. Is that 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 seems like you wouldn't know there was an intense pattern until till someone mentioned it. The fish doesn't see the water swimming in, right? So, um, yeah, yeah, I, I like that. Um, and speaking, speaking, and I, I think we talked about this yesterday. I come into group discussion, even one on one with my own team, uh, with agreements. Beginning of the conversation. Here, here are some things that I think we should agree to. Do you agree? And really, you know, focusing on I statements and 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 really recognizing, um, learn and turn. So let mm. the person talk so that you can learn. And mm. and 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 making this, you know, in a large group. Uh, I said it yesterday as well. You know, if you're going to take space, then also be graceful and make space. And, and so that's how, again, if people are being hold in these conversations, um, when if people are being heard in these conversations, there is trust and then we can move on and, and dismantle whatever that pressure is. I feel like we're being told by the slides here. We have to move move forward uh, with, with some diligence <laughs> a little bit. So I think that the uh, but this is I can just keep the energy rolling a little bit because like one of the questions that occurred to me is like, you know, we all have different disciplinary experience and extra disciplinary experience. So like it may be different to approach things as a chemist or as a rower or as a diversity consultant or as a, you know, someone who long ago studied mathematics versus I'm not really sure what my job description is now. But anyway, so someone in the Piragachi project, whatever. So um, I wonder, uh, it, uh, Judith, would you be interested to comment on, um, I think we, we chatted a little bit about like the kind of top, topic of chemistry between people, but are there other other things that you would say you bring your professional experience into a different context uh, well, I or think, whatever, you see what I'm saying? I think every individual brings uh, their whole life experience to the situation that they're in, whether that's good, bad, or indifferent. And questions that help establish the connections are sort of, you know, give me a little bit, can you tell me a little bit about yourself? I'd like to understand some of the things that have influenced your viewpoints. Um, mm. Anything that's, that's a non-threatening desire to learn more about the other person does a lot to de-escalate conflict and begin to build an area of potential shared understanding, which is actually then responsive to the question that was up in the sense that if you want the group to participate, sometimes in a group setting, it's really good to just give everybody one minute to give a, I'm thinking initially this kind of statement, mm -hmm. and then come back to those discussions. But by doing that, you've included everyone and given them a first opportunity. And then the flow will sort of take itself on its own. That, that's good. Don't get lost in the, don't get lost in uh 
too early consensus because I can imagine in the context R Richard was describing, he might bring that energy of a lot of I statements and you might be very happy if your whole, all everyone, everyone else comes with their own position. Oh, I, I see, actually see it really differently. Here's my perspective. You might say, great. Now we have a bunch of different perspectives and we can find ways to work together. On the other hand, that probably doesn't work very well if you're out on a rowing boat and people are not working in, in synchrony with each other. I live right by the river here, so I've seen them. They're, 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 they definitely have to be very well aligned. So I wonder if you can speak to that. Um, you know, how do you, how do you work with this? Yeah, sure. Alternatives are good, but sometimes you really have to harmonize together. Yeah. You know, or are you talking to Judith or me? No, to you, Richard, please. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, I thought maybe Judith knew about rowing too. So, uh, <laughs> uh, Not a lick. you know, if you're, if you're in one of the big boats, one of the things that the strongest person could actually be the weakest link in that boat. Mm. And so strong personalities in, in, in a, in a uh, trying to collaborate can actually disrupt that boat. It could actually slow down that boat. Um, and so it, it's important to, um, it's, it's important to under, understand what the actual challenge, going into the conversation, the reason why people have a difficult time with challenging conversations is because they're afraid of being vulnerable and they're afraid of stepping in it and they're afraid and most of the times they're going into that conversation because it's about them protecting themselves it's about you know one of our we have about 150 biases right and and one of them is confirmation biases and and so it so recognizing that there could be confirmation bias biases because a person's gonna, even scientists may do this. Uh, speaking of the scientists on the call, scientists will have a confirmation, but they'll keep only researching the things that confirm what it is that they have confirmed. And so that happens in group conversations as, as well. So recognizing that there is a such thing as confirmation bias and being able to prevent that from happening by actually saying, you know, for I use this tool. So Joe, you may have just made a point and I'll say to Judith, Judith, do you actually agree with his point? Mm. And mm. begin to break that confirmation bias that may be happening uh, in the room, Ooh. in that in group think, in that group think. So breaking that group think. Ooh, and that's another opportunity to get another voice in the conversation, uh, but to do it in a way that's really meaningful. It's not necessarily, and again, if you're doing that openly and you're listening, you say, okay, yeah, he's made this point. It gives you a chance to assimilate that and think about it, maybe understand that perspective from yet another perspective, which is another thing you were, you were talking about earlier. All right, so the slides are then telling, and I think we may be getting some uh, questions or um, feedback. After this, I think we're going to bring in a panel to get some more perspectives from uh, uh, the production team behind the behind the scenes right now. Um, but uh, yeah, what patterns can we use to achieve a productive outcome? So I think we've talked about many of them. Let's see if we can uh, reconstitute some of them just now. I'm, I'm thinking, you know, seek first to understand. I'm also thinking about one of the things we said early on about all the things that have to happen pre pre beforehand, kind of the, the preparation and stuff like that. Um, I see... Uh, Dignity and respect. In fact, I saw one of the, one. Both of you had diversity, inclusion. Uh, sorry, someone has diversity, inclusion. I don't know respect. something else and respect diversity. and something else. Yes. Yeah. Well, I, I've heard it go what? from diversity, equity, inclusion to then equity, respect, respect, and um, 
I'm blocking the fourth word. So, but, but, but yeah, you've, you've got two you more than idea. me, which I mean, is equity and respect. Yeah. Well, the, I think the issue is really that, that you want to be treated um, gracefully. Every human being wants to be treated gracefully. And mm -hmm. so the, that basic framework of teaching people with dignity and respect, that was the word I was hunting for, sorry. Um, if you respect people individually for their, who they bring to the table and their qualities in terms of their personal dignity, they will feel valued, and if people feel valued, they will tend to be productive. I think what's important with a group, and it's either a one-on-one -on -one or groups, is that there has to be some base for forming that shared perspective of one another. And so taking the time at the beginning of, a, of an organization or at the beginning of a meeting to help the group refocus on what is it we're trying to do today? Um, has anybody brought some new experiences to this? You know, anything that's an engaging kind of question will help build a quality of the discussion. Um, that, Richard, would you be uh, would you be able to respond to that? And then I think after that, we're going to bring in Charlotte and Samara, perhaps for a little a little broader perspectives. Yeah. Sure. Um, you know, two two other words come to mind for me. Uh, people want to feel valued right or wrong, or they, they definitely, again, want to be heard. And the other one is they want to feel like they belong. And so as we form groups and we have these challenging conversations, even the person that has the strongest, even the person with the strongest uh, argument that may not be the right argument, if they feel like they belong in the conversation and they don't feel ostracized and, and they feel like that they're being heard. And so one of my tools that I use uh, to make that possible, uh, one of them is, is that I'm not waiting, I'm listening and I'm not waiting for my turn to speak. Secondly, I use an acronym called WAIT. Why am I talking? And, and just just allow just allow them to have that space. And then and then thirdly, for me, I always come into the conversations with this formula of creating awareness with true lived storytelling, uh, education and historical facts. And then finally, actions that people actually can walk away to say, you know, I'm going to research that a little more, or I'm going to take this as a golden nugget and have, have a conversation over dinner with my partner. And so making sure that so we have that, so we have the awareness, storytelling, we have the education and historical facts, and then we have action steps. That is, that is so fantastic. Thank you. And I feel like th there's, this has indeed distilled uh, much uh, wisdom, uh, through the conversation. Um, if we're able to have uh, Charlotte and Samara join us, if they have a chance to just share um, one of their takeaways or thoughts, that'd be fantastic. Here's Charlotte who's brought us together and <laughs> Samara who's helped make that all happen smoothly. So um, uh, Charlotte, Samara, do you wanna have some comments on what you've just uh, heard? I, I, I always thought it was really, really fantastic, so. Go ahead, Samara. Oh, um, I mean, I was doing what you were all saying. I was listening, so I, I, I don't have much to say, but I really I enjoyed um, hearing these perspectives and uh, thinking about how I can bring it into a workplace, um, it, it, especially as a younger member, you know, early in my career, different workplaces 
approach this differently. So I'm, I've, I was thinking about how I can learn from this um, in my next role. Yes, yeah. you just decided to have an action step. <laughs> yeah, this is a. Uh, uh, this is Charlotte. Uh, um, I'm the the uh, nominal producer of this podcast, but um, I have a, a difficult situation, family situation that uh, you know I've been avoiding. So this partly was uh, bringing this topic in as a as a podcast topic was was I was hoping to get some practical, you know, I'm just afraid to bring it up. I'm just afraid, because, you know, what Richard said about uh, kind of what was it? Uh, they said you don't want to step in it at one point. I remember that. <laughs> right. You don't step in it. And oh, the fear, the fear, the vulnerability piece. And yeah, so we yeah, don't yeah. go into these conversations because we are afraid of being vulnerable in these conversations you're mm -hmm. we are absolutely afraid of being weak yeah yeah and if not having the outcome be like i expect the expectation of, mm -hmm. of the outcome and uh you know but this is just like these i think as we keep iterating this these this kind of discussion or research uh you know we'll all be better for it um i know i am but yeah, I, I do I have this. I do have this for you, Charlotte. Um, sometimes we have to think about the person, how we're not allowing them to grow because mm. we're not having a conversation with them. Yeah. And so I, I think about what uh, Brene Brown said: if we're clear, we're kind; if we're unclear, we're unkind. And so having those conversations and not have being attached to an outcome makes it selfless but looking for an outcome makes you selfish yeah yeah I, I was thinking a lot about that as well as that we all tend to want to come out of these conversations with the right answer and a lot of it's just about sharing and listening and mm -hmm. the goal is really to just keep doing that and that's somewhat uncomfortable because you just want i mean action yes but that action might just be have another conversation it might not be change the laws or change the entire office culture overnight and that's kind of uncomfortable yeah and you know when in the past when i've when i've done this uh when i've dive in and, and just go ahead and have it and have a you know, a, a accepting of whatever outcome, you always feel better. <laughs> I don't know. I do. You know, it's always a good thing. It's never as bad as, you know, like you think it's going to be. Yeah, I, th I think one of the things I'm taking away from this conversation is that part of the preparation that you would do in advance of a conversation is to create create space yeah unweave some of your expectations and let go mm -hmm. of some of those expectations mm -hmm. then then it's not a matter of ha not having the outcomes be like the expectations because you're not sure what you're going to you don't know what yeah. to expect anymore so then you're a bit more open-minded um I, on that note i wonder if we should uh we were going to go to a, a private call after this but it's the semi semi-public semi-private so it's just on a different link charlotte would you be able to bring that one up i realize it involves yeah. hopping to a different platform but it would it, it would enable anyone who was um watching this to come uh join us or it just could enable us to end this recording and carry on our 
conversation because I'm sure we would love to. Uh, oh, yeah. Let, on, me yeah, this is, a, yeah. let me put yeah. it in a comment. And uh, it's jitsi.com. Uh, no, no. Meet.jit.c slash puragaji. So that's, that's uh, yeah, M E E T. Uh, Meet.jit.c, J I T. SI slash Hiragaji. There we go. All right. Uh, yep. Super. Yeah. So um, I, I do feel that we could carry on talking about these things quite a lot, but I also feel like, yeah, we want to go out there in the world and, and have these interesting, challenging mm -hmm. conversations. I think I've, I've learned also about the difference between a conversation that's difficult for no good reason and a conversation that's challenging, but ultimately really rewarding. That, that reframes the whole thing for me. Um, I don't see Judith right now, but I'm sure she'll be around. Uh, <laughs> you can catch her on the uh, on the uh, after party. Um, Smartest dropped off. Uh, thank you so much, Richard. And I, I look forward to hearing the news of your uh, first face to person, face, yes. face to face uh, thing in uh, in Las Vegas. Um, and yeah, awesome. uh, thank you, Charlotte. Um, thank you, audience. And um, I'll see you hopefully on this new link uh, for those who are ready to join us um, shortly. So I have okay. to I have to go to that link. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I think Joe put it in the private chat too. So. Oh, there yeah, all right. Yeah. I will there wrap it, it up and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.